This weekend sees the big kickoff in many of the leagues below the SPFL. One of the newest sides in the West of Scotland League is also one with a proud past. Harmony Row have made their name bringing through kids, but this summer they've added the final piece of the jigsaw by starting their own senior side. Keith Gibson will be the man at the helm as they take on Glenvale first up in the new Division 4. He joins us this week and tells us why that was the natural step and why they won't be recruiting players from outside their system. We look back at the history of the club and their links with Sir Alex Ferguson, as well as just why the club has become an obsession for Keith. Plus, in a busy week for managerial changes, we speak to two of the bosses on the move. David Gormley left Rossvale for BSC after Martin Hardy's very short spell there came to an end. He's had a week to sign a new squad of players, but he's got there, albeit on very little sleep, and now wants to take them back to where he feels they belong. For me, BSC's always been up there. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that was still going to be possible this year. Uh, I get the recruitment isn't the same as what it's been the last couple of years, but that's up to me now to go. They've, they've, they're going to back me to get, to, get, to get us up to that level where Swifty took them again. So I'm excited for that because I'm getting the backing. Also leaving a club was Jamie McKenzie, who quit Lanark just five weeks after telling down the divisions about his ambitions. He explains just why he came to that decision. After talks with, with, with George Reid, who's the, the kind of chairman at, at Lanark, I felt that you know, I 100% had his backing, but I don't think I had the whole the whole package. I think there was doubts within the committee and there was doubts within the club that, that I couldn't do it. And I felt that slightly disrespectful because you know I, I've got I've got trophies and league winners medals as a manager um, and as a player. I thought that that was disrespectful, but I felt that as soon as that came out, it spelt the end for me. It's all here as we go down the divisions. It's good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, we're recording on Tuesday night, Paul, so we're just a few days away from the start of the West of Scotland league season. Uh, I saw you lost 5-1 to Finart in your in your final pre-season game last weekend. So how, how does that all leave you for the league opener against Gart Ken on Saturday? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't actually at the game. I was away to a family wedding. However... Uh, it, it was a shock result, nothing against Finart, or we thought we were better than Finart, or nothing like that. It was just we've had such a good pre season. Uh, obviously, we hadn't played for a couple of weeks, we had guys isolating with COVID, and we had injuries that I've said on the show before. Uh, and we went into Saturday's game, I think, with only four subs. Uh, so, what started off as really, really good pre season for us is now kind of Got us back on our toes and training was a little bit different last night because Saturday, you know, with the conferences, we're playing more difficult teams. Gart Cairns are going to be a real tough team. Obviously, Willie Kinnebra's, you know, got a good side there. He's a good manager, good coach. And uh, it's going to be really tough for us. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting, isn't it, the fact that we're going back playing. I know you're a big advocate for summer football. Maybe over the last couple of weeks, I, I'm now thinking to myself that, you know, with people going on holidays and we put a big sheet up in the changing room last night to get people's holidays and sort of come the 24th of this month seems to be the new word staycation weekend because everybody seems to be away that weekend. So whilst I'm excited and whilst I'm really looking forward to it, eh, I think the, the next few weeks, you know, the five games in, in three weeks is going to be a tough period for every team, not just us. 
And I know when the league started last season, it was obviously there was so much uncertainty because of the COVID situation. And we've talked on this on this show numerous times about the new brand and the, the sort of the hailing of a new dawn and, and all this kind of thing. Do you feel this this season? Do you feel that buzz that there is a buzz about this season now that, you know, we're just a few days away? Well, this is going out Friday night, so we're just hours away until everything kicks off. Is there an excitement? There's certainly an excitement from from our point of view, from a club's point of view. Uh, you know, we can't even really include last season. We played four games. This is the new season, although we we did compete in it. For me, this is this is our first game uh, in, in this setup, a semi-professional setup. So there has to be that that element of excitement. Pre-season's been different. Players, you know, even trying to recruit. And, and, and sign players this year has been slightly different uh, in terms of usually you've got your squad, you've maybe got maybe three, four players you want to, you want to bring in. I don't know whether the, the, the commitment level's there, not from our players, our players are all signed up, but every time you go and approach a player, you know, there's still an uncertainty. And I'm thinking, guys, you know, there's, there's, there's only a week to go. Uh, so I don't know whether people are still jockeying for places, seeing what they can get, seeing what's out there. But from our point of view, from a club point of view, I exciting times, and I hope I hope the west of Scotland, you know, could have could, could be promoting it a little bit and and then getting the social media out there because uh, there's people not seeing football for a long time, Gareth. There's, you know, people are still not getting back into the big senior games. So hopefully we'll we'll see uh, some more people through the gates this weekend. Good stuff. We will we'll maybe talk a bit. More about that with with Keith uh, shortly. Um, a quick word for our sponsors, Media Agency 44 Creative. They have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization or event. They now offer website services too. They make creation personal and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com. And we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is divisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. My name's Tommy Sloan, Ockenlet Talbot Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. The boss of Harmony Rose, new West of Scotland league side, Keith Gibson, is with us this week. Thanks for being here, Keith. Thanks, Gareth. Nice to be on the show. We'll uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. So we'll bring you in on this one as well, Keith. Uh, No answers till the end of the show, but... uh, this week, I'm looking for the side that joined the Highland League in 1985. Later that season, they recorded their highest ever attendance of 1,500 fans in a 0-0 draw against Stirling in the Scottish Cup. Got it yet, Paul? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 there's a couple sprung to mind from the Highland League. My knowledge of the Highland League is not that great. <laughs> Former Bolton star and Scotland international John McGinley came through their youth ranks. And in July 2019, a win over Nairn County was their first competitive victory in 707 days 
and ended a 69-game run without a win. Confident? No. No. Oh. Keith, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you? Uh, one of two. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll find out the answer at the end of the show. Hi, I'm Gordon Moffat. I'm the manager of Clay Bank, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Harmony Robos, Keith Gibson is with us. Uh, not long to go now, Keith. Uh, I saw you had a 3-1 win over Joker in your last pre-season game, so you must be feeling pretty good about things. Um, certainly feeling a lot better now than we were four or five weeks ago, because I think four or five weeks ago, there was a lot of uncertainty around the, around the team, um, around recruitment, around just what was happening and when it was happening with the league, to be honest. So there was... You know, we didn't even have somewhere to play our home games at that stage. So it was pretty. There's been a there's been a lot happening in the last three or four weeks. How how I mean, how much work has then needed to be done? I mean, as as you touched on there, you've had very little time to do so much, haven't you? And to get your house in order to to just be there on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the first thing we we were always confident we'd get a team and we'd get a good a decent team on the pitch that could compete. I think the issue for us was where we were going to play initially. And uh, and what I mean by that is we're very lucky. We've got our own home home ground, which is fantastic. The only issue is, as, as many people have described it, it's a cage. Um, whilst we do own it, um, you know, there's no barriers around the side. There's no, you know, it needs a bit of development before it becomes fit for purpose for us to play in the leagues at that place. So we've... We, we've managed to come to an agreement with Ben Burp and we're going to ground share with Ben Burp for the first season while we spend the time and effort investing in uh, in our um, home ground at Sir Alex Ferguson Park, Brayhead. Hi, Keith. Uh, obviously, over the last uh, many years, I've known Harmony Row as a, a, sort of a, a boys' club uh, going in, always having kind of success with sort of under-21 sides. Uh, what was the thinking behind uh, going into the West of Scotland League and putting a senior team out there? Was this a, a kind of committee decision, or do you just feel this is a, sort of a destination that the, for these young players now to go into? Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's something that Harmony has always toyed with for a number of years, but but always felt that the outlet for its players was either going into the junior ranks or the senior ranks, whatever whichever route that took. But, but I mean, I, I've been very lucky and uh, I've, I've kind of coached at Harmony Row for, I think it's almost nine or ten years now, um, since my kids first played at Harmony Row. And the team that I took a particular control of has kind of gone on to have a lot of success. And that same, same team came from under-12s all the way through to under-21s. And what we ended up find that we found was a lot of the players were actually asking us if you know, why didn't we have a place for them to go? Why didn't we have that stepping stone for them? Because they really enjoyed being at Harmony Row, being part of the club, being part of the setup. They felt a lot of loyalty to the club. And um, we didn't have that next step for them to take on within the Harmony Row structure. So um, for me, when the opportunity came along, we looked into it and we really approached the board to ask for permission to to take this team into uh into the, the the senior ranks. So, in terms of the the squad that you've got to choose from on Saturday, you know, maybe kind of 
give us an insight into the makeup of that squad then? I mean, have all of that squad come through the Harmony Row system? Um, almost all have played through the Harmony Row system. Some came in at the age of 19, 20. Um, our oldest player, I think, in the whole squad is 23. So we don't have any. And, and actually, we've made a point of not trying to recruit from the outside. You know, we've actually thought that what we want to do is we want to see this as a stepping stone for the boys to come up and through the, the youth club uh, as a route into senior football. And, and the truth is, this may not be the right place for a lot of these players going forward. There are, there's a lot of very good players. There's a lot of players who can play at a much higher level. You know, and in my team alone, in the last year and a half, we've had players going to Beath, to Rossville. We had a couple going to Beath, one to Rossville. Somebody's gone to Renfrew. Joker have taken two or three of our boys. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. That doesn't bother me at all. In fact, if that's the right stepping stone for them, we'll let them go. But, but there's always a home for them here, and they can always come back if it doesn't work out. So if that's the, the case, Keith, what's, what's sort of the, as you say, the ambitions, but what's the sort of expectations that Harmony Row will have now if, you know, if they're prepared to kind of lose boys? Is it going to be a case then, obviously, you need to go external to bring players in, or are you still going to try and keep it as tight as you can and try and get as many boys in the first team as possible? I mean, the ambition, like, like I'm not, I don't want to be quoted in this in 10 years' time when you all come back and tell me, where's your ex-Harmony Row boys? But the ambition is to keep them there. You know, we've, I mean, if I look down our age groups, it's, you know, and I'll, I'll come back to a bit of the history of Harmony Row as well over the last five years in particular. But if you go down through the age groups, our youth sections from ages of five up to the ages of 13, 14 are excellent. I mean, we've got a really growing club we've got you know a, a very large group of players coming through you know and actually what we're finding is a lot of our we're getting really, a lot of our players at that age are getting picked off by senior clubs you know if you look at our 2011s hugely successful we've got three teams running at that age group you know there's about 30 to 35 boys at that one age group coming through and they're being coached the right way by a really good young bunch of coaches um and and my view is my ambition is for Harmony Row to be the place that they aspire to play their senior football at. So by the time they're coming through at the age of 18, 19, we're up in, you know, a more senior level of the west of Scotland, whether it's first division, championship, Premier League. Hey, let's look, let's look at the heights. But, you know, we want to have that position for these boys to come up and through to. And, and the truth is, there's a lot of ex-Harmony Row players placed around the leagues in different places who I am sure at some stage if we were high, high enough up the leagues we'd come back Yeah, is, is, I mean is that a big part about the club that that you have so many boys come through your system but they'll forever be Harmony Row boys in that sense uh, Let's not talk about the tattoos that they all have or a few of them have but they're certainly loyal, put it that way um, I mean, I, my, my, my oldest boy is now 20, just turned 23, um, and he has spent two years in the States on scholarship. He went and played for Loughborough University for three years. Uh, he's just qualified. He's just graduated. And whilst he could easily play higher up, he wants to come back and play for this team. Yeah. And I think that's, to me, that if you actually look across our team, there are, there are lots of boys like that. And why do you think that is? Is that just the the upbringing 
that the club and the culture of the club, you know, that 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 what that instills in guys that they they sort of uh, they never forget where they came from. Do you know what? There's if I again I can look across the individuals in the team. Almost everyone has played at a higher level. They've all been through pro youth, whether it's with St Mirren, with Rangers, with Celtic, with Motherwell, Partick Thistle. And almost all of them, and I'll use a very Scottish phrase, were scunnered by pro youth football. Yeah. Got fed up with it, didn't like it, and chose to step away from it at some stage or other. And all that's all that we've tried to do is create a place where they enjoy playing football. They turn up on a Saturday, you know, if if they've not been as um, focused as perhaps they should have been during the week with their fitness, um, we don't give them too hard a time. But what we find is they tend to want to focus. They tend to want to work hard because we we just make it as open as a culture as possible for them to want to be there. If if, if I was playing devil's advocate, is is there a is there a a risk attached to this move? You know, we, we we talk about the Harmony Row, the the great reputation it's got, the length and breadth of the country, you know, for for, for good for very good reason. But is there a risk attached that that you know if, if this wasn't to go well or you know, does 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 it then eventually become a pressure to win games and, and the 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 idea of having all Harmony Row boys coming through then maybe gets a little bit muddy in the waters a little bit? What would what would you say to people listening to to this who, who maybe would be wondering about that? There's always going to be that pressure, and I don't, I don't think anybody, anybody is um, shy of the fact that that might exist. But we can certainly start with the best intentions. You know, let's see how it goes. Um, if we need to revisit it, we can re- revisit it further down the line. I think that's, you know, I'll not sit here and pretend that I know what it's going to look like in two or three years' time. But, you know, I think we've, we've shown over the last three or four years as a team that we've been able to compete with junior teams quite comfortably. You know, we've played various whether it's uh you know um if you, you look at we played Ardrossan, we've played um yoko we've played renfrew we've played peters hill we've played Clyde bank in fact they only beat us 4-3 last season when we played them early season in a friendly you know um so but we do recognize these are friendlies you know every game that we've played against the junior team in the last two to three years has been one to two goals in it other than and i'm saying this very um advisedly, um, a game we played about four or five weeks ago against Peter's Hill, which I can only describe as a good gubbing. <laughs> but but we understand what that was all about. And, we, and, you know, things have been fixed since then. So. And you mentioned Sir Alex Ferguson Park earlier on. Um, has there been any dialogue with a great man about about this move? And, and have you got his feedback or, or has he had any input into into how you go about this? Uh, no, he's not had any direct input. I mean, we we he's he is a huge supporter of the club, and he's uh, you know in in lots of senses, including financially, he's been great for the club. Um, but probably most important is being able to have that association with him um, has been great for us uh, in terms of our access to um, you know coaching, to facilities, to you know just just knowledge of how these things work but but um he is our he is our um first uh, season ticket holder he is an he's an honorary number one season ticket holder so that went out to him last week and have you had a, have you had any feedback from him yet is he gonna make uh gonna make a game or two uh well 
um, if he is, we'll not be telling anyone too soon because uh, I can't imagine I can't imagine you want that publicity. <laughs> One of the things with the Arne Rokith was, and we touched it before, it was a, it was a youth setup, and I think Alec Ferguson had actually come out and said, I think I'd read that Harmony Row will always be for for the youth. Was there any sort of objection to to putting a senior team in there and, and taking it away from that? Or we still have the great youth set up, but uh, going down the road of putting a senior team in, did you did you face face much objection? No, I, not at all, actually. To be honest, I think um, I think you know we 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 had to get the appropriate permissions to do so. We are a charity, you know. The the youth club is a charity. It's run on behalf of the youth club. So we've set the senior club up as a separate entity, which we've had to do because so we keep it separate from the charitable. You know needs of the of the club, but the flip side to that is that um, you know with an as it being a natural stepping stone for the boys, um, you know we still think of it as a youth club. We still do it for the youth. In fact, if anything, what we've actually done over the last three or four years is this club has grown significantly. I mean, um, we've now got two girls teams, youth girls teams. We have a senior girls team, which has only been in the last two years, um, who are. You know, competing at the highest level, we've brought in much younger teams. We've got three-year-olds, four-year-olds playing football at Harmony Row, which we've never had before. Uh, we now have an over 35s men's team, and we have a walking football team. You know, so the club has grown arms and legs over the last three and four years. We've now got over four 400 playing playing members of the club. Wow. You know, and it, that that's grown significantly in the last three or four years. So we felt it was a natural step. To take on this, um, you know, and if not, we could have lost a lot of really quality players from our 21 setup. With obviously that that kind of background, Keith, you know, you would think, you know, with all those players coming through, that there is a route way there. Is there any danger that in any measures put in place to stop it going down the road of the separate, obviously, senior team and bringing, you know, players in and paying them the wages? to try and get that success or is a kind of boundary set in place that do you know yeah. what this is our structure this is what we're going to do and, and we'll kind of live and die by that well I, listen I, I there's nothing formal at the moment um, I've got to say if it if it does change I won't be here because um, you know this is that's not why I've done this that's not why we we as a club want to do this we've done it very similar to what's happened with BSC actually you know, in a sense, what we've done is we actually see what's happened with them. They've now come back and taken a team into Division 4 alongside us. You know, and we can learn a lot from that, that experience. Um, but they're, they're certainly trying to, um, to, to start again with the senior team from that perspective. What about you? You mentioned your sharing at Benbib for this season. I guess the, the beauty of, of sharing with them is it's not like the other end of the the city is it in terms of you? You're relatively close to, yep. uh, to 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 where you, to where you would normally play. Um, I saw you put adverts out for for season tickets recently yep. as well. How 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 has all that been received? The the ground sharing aspect and the and the season ticket uptake. Been great. I mean, we've only done it very recently. Um, I suppose we've 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 done what you would expect to do, and the same same as Benburb have done actually. They they give all of their youth team members free or complimentary tickets. So our view is let's get them along, let's fill it up, let's sell them lots of sweeties on a Saturday afternoon. 
um, to help fund to help fund the pitch. Um, but but actually, um, you know, there is a bit of take up take up from coaches from parents who want to be part of it and want to see what, how we get on. We don't need to sell many season tickets to make this work from our perspective. We just want to go and play some good football and good quality football and hopefully make it an enjoyable thing for people to come and see and do on a Saturday afternoon. And you've got Glenvale, I think, in your opener on, on Saturday. Uh, are these are these games, particularly the first few, are they trips into the unknown a little bit in terms of what you're going to encounter? Correct. Absolutely no idea about anybody, but it's interesting to hear that Finart beat... Uh, uh, beat your team um, at the weekend. Yeah, they did, yeah. So I, I don't think there's any shortage of quality. Um, you know, there's lots of in, really interesting teams in there. You know, we've got uh, Hart Hill as well. We've got St. Peter's, Glenvale, Finart. You've got trips up to Campbelltown, which should be a bit of fun in itself. You know, so, you know, it's a good, uh, it's a good quality league, I think. Um, you know, there'll be no, uh, I'm assuming, no easy games. We're certainly not assuming that. And give us, uh, without kind of revealing all your secrets to Glenvale, who, who are some of the players in your in your squad that we should we should be kind of looking out for over the season? Uh, I, do you know honestly, I'm not going to single out anybody. Uh, absolutely, and I just wouldn't want to do that because we've got probably the best way to describe it um, would be that I don't think we've had the same squad on the pitch in the last four weeks. Um, but we've only lost by the odd goal. We lost, I think, 3-2 to St. Ant, and that was after making five subs at half-time to just give people game time when we were 2-0 up. So so I think, as far as I'm concerned, the, you know, there are a lot of what I would describe as, in the last couple of weeks, there are, there are certainly three or four starters who haven't been playing, but we've won four out of the last five games. It's, it's a fascinating club, Harmony Row. I mean, obviously before doing this show, I, mean, I knew about Harmony Row, but I went away and did a bit of reading beforehand. And for, for any any listeners who, who don't know, I think, and you can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, Keith, but uh, the club was started in 1915, just at the start of the First World War, uh, as an attempt to provide sports and leisure support to local children whose fathers were serving at the front. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think is is there still a netball team? Netball teams yeah. in as well. Yeah, yeah, the 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 netball team, um, and certainly the stalwarts of the netball team make up most of the Harmony Row committee, actually. So it's not really a football-dominated committee; it's actually a netball-dominated committee. I think I think part of that is because they can't trust the football committee to do stuff properly, but uh, <laughs> but they they have held the reins very tightly in the last decade at Harmony Row. And it's great that the values that you know have, have been able to kind of you've been able to hold on to those values and traditions and and everything like that. And and you, you're as well as being the manager of of the West of Scotland League team, you're also on the the football committee as well. And and is that that and that's something you've done for for quite a while? Am I correct in saying? Yeah, we th- th- there are so there are really a number of levels. There's obviously the overall board at Harmony Row, um, which as I say is made up of a couple of football people are involved in that. In fact, one at the moment. Um, the football committee is made up of coaches across the various age groups, you know, and we get together on a regular basis to discuss our plans, funding, you know, anything from what strips are we going to wear next season, you know, how are we going, who's going to sponsor us, etc. And then 
alongside that sit a subgroup of four of us, myself, Chris Noble, Gregor Bailey and Gary Watt. Um, and the four of us really take on what I would describe as the, the management of the football side of the business and on the wider sense to ensure that we're doing all the, you know, this, making sure the structure's in place, whether that's the training, whether it's coach education, whether it's, you know, just making sure first aid education is in place, COVID rules, opening and closing times, club development, you know, everything. So we really take a lot of the, the responsibility away from the coaches from that perspective. Listen to Keith, Keith speak there. Uh, there will not be very many SPL clubs that actually have that system, that youth system, that they have so many, so many players of a weekend representing them, wearing the shirts, wearing the colours. It's really encouraging, it's really encouraging to, to see, Keith. Uh, do you know, it was really interesting. Something, I, I, certainly I'd say about five, four or five years ago, I would describe, and I'm, you know, and make no apologies for this, Harmony Row was a collection of individual teams. It wasn't a club. Yeah. You know, it was called a club. It was a Harmony Row youth, youth club, but it was a collection of individual teams. And probably the way I would describe, if you, if you looked at each team, they had their own strips. As long as they were red or black, it was okay. And, you know, somebody had Nike, somebody had Joma, somebody had... Hummel, somebody had Adidas. And what we did about four or five years ago is we basically said, we're stopping that right on right now. And we took it all centrally. We did everything centrally. We did the funding set centrally. People paid money centrally into the club. And we then did all of the strips. So all of the, everybody wears the same kit. Football strips, training kit, track suits from the most senior team right through to the four-year-olds. The women have exactly the same kit as the men. The over 35s have exactly the same kit as the as the as the four-year-olds, and it, it really has made a massive difference in terms of creating club unity and creating a real club identity. And and how did all that work during COVID? I mean, obviously you're bringing everybody together, but COVID to a point drove everybody apart, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But I've got to say there was a lot of discussion throughout COVID. A lot of individual teams, we, we encourage individual teams to do their own things and keep things rolling. But, um, you know, but, but there was a lot of communication throughout COVID. And we made sure that the facility was as open as it could be throughout that period. And we're very fortunate having our own facility. We do recognise that. Well, what about yourself, Keith? I mean, is, is this been a Obviously, you've talked about being on the committee and, and the sort of the management of the club in, in that sense. But as, as, as coaching, as management, always been something, a, a passion of yours as, as managing a, a senior team like this, been something that you've always been wanting to do at some stage? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, genuinely, never really been an ambition of mine, never been something I, I aspire to. But I kind of got involved when my... I think my middle boy was about uh, 12 or so, and he was playing at Harmony Row, and I got involved with the team at that stage. And really, to be honest, um, it's pretty well become an obsession. You know, this is this is this is this is what I live and breathe, and you can only ask my wife; she'll tell you that. So, so in terms of the coaching and the management, then is this something that you've? I mean, you've 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 honed your your coaching management side of things with the with the younger teams, and now you're going to kind of put into practice there, you know, with, with the with the senior team, I, I presume. 
uh, well, yeah, that's the theory. We'll see what happens. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, listen, I, I, as long as I realise that I know absolutely nothing and the boys that play for me know an awful lot more than I do, and I listen to them, I, I shouldn't go too far wrong. It's it's uh it's a big it's a big um well it, it, it's it's a, it's a great thing to be involved in and and how much are you how much have you enjoyed the the build up albeit it's been a bit frantic by the sounds but in terms of the, the games that you've taken charge of so far has it been what you expected has it thrown up any surprises and 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 how excited are you about just being the man in the, in the dugout on Saturday? Yeah, listen, I, I, the the last few weeks in particular when we've been in games, I know they're just friendlies, but you know, really head-on games with other junior teams, which has been great. Um, it, it's it, you know, game day is great. We all know what it's like just getting back. The excitement of waking. And I, I woke up at five o'clock on Saturday morning because I was <laughs> excited about playing Yoker. You know, I mean, that, that maybe that's slightly sad, but um, you know, <laughs> the bottles were filled. The first aid bag was sorted out. The, bump, the balls were pumped up, and I was standing there in my shorts at ten o'clock in the morning for. For, or eight o'clock in the morning for a ten, for a midday kickoff. So, yeah, it was um, it was yeah, we're all excited just to get back. Has, has has it always been football for you then? I mean, was football always the passion, or is, again, you mentioned your your son's involvement. Is his involvement, you know, dragged you into football if you like that way? And and uh, you never expected to be doing anything like this. Um, well, listen, as a as a kid, I always played rugby and football. I played both throughout. Uh, both my boys played rugby and football throughout as well, and so I followed both pretty closely. Um, but uh, the passion's always been football for them, and this is pretty exciting for me because this is the first time ever I have had both my boys in the same team. Um, and they'll play in the same team on Saturday at a senior level for the first time together. Wow. What are their names? Give us their names. Campbell and Rowan. And what position? what positions do they play? Well, Campbell is kind of centre-back, left-back, or, or even attacking wing-back, depending on his day. Rowan plays right wing, forward. That must be a, a thing of immense pride for you and, and, and your family, seeing that they've, I mean, they, they are, I guess they are the epitome of what Harmony Row's about. Well, I guess so. They both played for Harmony Row when they were 12 and 13 years old and uh, played all the way through as long as they could till they went to university and then they've come back. So it's great. Big question must be: Do they call you Dad or Gaffer? They call me Keith at training. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> yeah. It's quite interesting. They did. They, they did. They did make a point of it. They said, "Look, we can't call you Dad. It doesn't sound right on a football pitch." <laughs> and, and how have you found managing your your sons? Has that been a new uh, a new thing for you in terms of a new test? I mean, we we we. I mean, there's always stories over the years of of fathers managing sons. Nigel Clough always used to say that. He never got the soft treatment from Brian Clough. He used to get it worse off off his dad because he was his dad's son in the in the changing room, and he didn't get it easy. I mean, how how has the dynamic been between you and your two boys? Yeah, well, I, they'll probably tell it differently, or maybe not. But I actually think that they were um, they they probably did get they have had it tougher over the years because you are t- you tend to be tougher on your own. And that's the way it works. And do you find, Keith, it's sometimes easy to bring your own son off in a game, especially when they're younger and, and, the, and the youth teams coming up, it's sometimes easy to sub your boy rather than uh, yeah. sub his son? Yeah, do you know what? I'm, 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 going, somebody's, I'm looking around to see if my wife's over my shoulder here, but I will get killed for this, but yes. <laughs> you know, 
And there's many a time where I needed to put somebody on to give him some game time, and my son was the sacrifice. And and how I mean, it's, it's maybe an obvious question, but you know, you're you're obviously one team of a few who are coming in this this season. There's been there's been some talk, you know, whether whether that should have happened, whether they should have waited longer to do it. Um, we've talked already about how how little time you've had to turn things around. How how much of an opportunity do you think this is, not just for Harmony Row, and how, but how how representative of a real pyramid system are we now seeing in Scotland that a team like Harmony Row can come in? They're not a juniors team um, or formerly a juniors team, and the chance is there now that other clubs can come in and dream the dream. I genuinely think it is. I think, um, you know, put it this way, if I got my act together a year earlier, we'd be in the conferences, not in Division 4. But we, we just didn't think we were ready for it. We'd only just finished our first year of under-21s, which was a broken year anyway. We missed our whole second year of under-21s. And I, I think it was more of a defensive mechanism for us coming into the league, in the, really. Because if we hadn't come into the league... I think the 21s set up across the west of Scotland might be under threat. And we just felt this was the right time to take the opportunity to step up. I do think it's a real opportunity to uh, for teams, this pyramid. I do think it's a good stepping stone. I like the idea of what Matt Bamford and Colin Boyd have you know, pushed for, which is this Division 4, which is below the conferences as a stepping stone, as a development league, to give you time to get your grounds and to get your setup sorted out for, for a season before coming into the league. Just coming, just touching on what you said there about the 21s, uh, a lot of people obviously don't realise there's been guys who, who get to the age of 21, there is nowhere really for them to go. But we've mm. sort of lost 18 months of 21s football, uh, and I certainly know a couple of teams in our area are, are, are folding because of it. Do you think boys have lost out through this, Keith? Obviously, you taking the 21 side there. Uh, absolutely and definitely. I think um, we've, you know, we've we've tried to continue, and we've been we've been really good at it. I think actually, we've trained right through when we can. So we've never really stopped training, you know, throughout COVID when we've been able to. Um, but a lot of other teams haven't been as fortunate, and I think a lot of boys have just not played a lot of football. We've picked up one or two boys who've come in from other teams that we used to play against, who, in some circumstances, hadn't kicked a ball for a year. You know, still great footballers, but the teams just didn't play and didn't train. So, yeah, I think it's been pretty damaging. And uh, just, uh, I meant to ask you before, how, how, how big is your squad right now? I mean, we, we've talked with uh, talked Paul on previous shows about how, from having had this build-up, you know, it's now Saturday, Wednesday, there's midweek games and all these kind of things coming very, very quickly. I mean, have, have you got the squad there numbers-wise to, to cope as well, as well as having the quality? Yeah, we've got, I'm, I'm looking at it in front of me here, I think we've got 21 signed players, but right. that there's about three or four kind of longer-term injuries at the moment. So we've got, we've got a squad. I think we'll be able to turn up at 16 on a Saturday, hopefully. Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Just five weeks ago, Jamie McKenzie was telling us about his plans for Lanark this season. But last week, he quit the Moor Park Club. Delighted to say Jamie joins us now. Thanks for being with us, Jamie. Um, so what, uh, what changed after you spoke to us? 
I don't know if it was so much what changed, Gareth. I think it was more a case of um, the plans that I had weren't they coming to fruition. And I think the players that I was I had spoke to and, and had planned to bring to the club um, found other avenues and found other clubs and more attractive clubs. And it, it made the, the recruitment side it very, very difficult. And when that happens, you know yourself, the, the recruitment part of this, this game is, is, is huge. And, and if you don't get that right, then you've got a major problem. And I felt that's the way it was going. And uh, after talks with, with, with George Reid, who's the, the kind of chairman at Lanark, I felt that possibly a wee bit, you know, 100% had his backing, but I don't think I had the whole the whole package. I think there was doubts within the committee and there was doubts within the club that, that I couldn't do it. And I felt that slightly disrespectful because, you know, I, I've, got, I've got trophies and league winners medals as a manager. Um, and as a player, I thought that that was disrespectful. But I felt that as soon as that came out, it spelt the end for me. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't prepared to hang about for a club that I wasn't um, had the total backing. You talked about your previous success, Jamie, and, we, and we'd spoke about it on the on the show the last time you were on. What's you know what's been the difference? Because I'm sure Lanark's probably got a bigger budget than maybe you had at fourth and stuff like that. What's the difference this year? Do you think it's the, the whole COVID thing? Do you think it's the, the, the layoff that people's had? What, what seems to be the difference from your previous successes? Do you know what? I'm, I'm not actually sure. I'm not actually 100% sure. I just think that... I, th- I think one of the big questions I thought to myself was where did the players went? Because there's a lot of players who, who have no... No available and no no run about the game. I don't know whether they've decided because of what's going on that they, they're not going to play or whatever. Um, but certainly there's players out there. But it's what it's whether you want. I mean, I, I was coming up with players who what I wanted to do at the club weren't they weren't they good enough players to do it. So maybe maybe it was my problem. Maybe it was my my thought process. It was wrong. But my thought process has brought me success, and I won't change that. Um, so when I couldn't get the players and I couldn't get the quality that I wanted into the club. Then, then it became questionable. My job there became questionable, and um, as I said to you after that conversation, then with, with the chairman or, or uh, George Reid, sorry, that um, there, there was doubts there, then and it signalled the end straight away. And throughout throughout pre-season, in terms of the the bodies that were there, was there many guys that was there from last season at the club? Now, listen, as I said to you the last time I was on, we, we lost probably, I think it was seven of last year's squad and, and no hiding away from it, seven, seven players who would probably have played most weeks and I've, I've all moved on to bigger clubs, or, or no disrespect, but certainly bigger clubs and uh, bigger leagues and stuff. So um, that was always going to be a hard task to, to kind of address, but I still felt I could do that and I still felt I had the, the, the contacts to bring players in that, that would... That would bring the, the quality back up um, but as the weeks went on it, it was it was clear that we were fighting a losing battle with some teams we were you know we were, we were speaking to boys and, and they were getting ridiculous money elsewhere and we just bottom line couldn't compete with Lana George Reid was probably the most supportive guy about he, he was prepared to uh, do whatever it took to get people in the door but even that wasn't enough at times with some of the boys so there was a lack of commitment from them and, and you know, when your training numbers are down and, and morale's down and starting to plummet, then it, it becomes a very difficult job. 
Colin Slater's gone in there this week as, as interim boss. I think he's uh, he signed Mark Caldo, Ian Watt and Declan Lafferty. Yep. Uh, he's spoken to the paper this week and talked about guys that, you know, um, those three guys hadn't been signed by the club. How, 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 tough a, how tough a gig has he got going in there, do you think, then, based on your experience? No, it's difficult. I think he made comments in the paper, which, which I wasn't happy with, but listen, it is what it is. But he, he said... A more a different place from when he left. Of course, it is. We lost seven or eight players, as I mentioned there. Plus, um, we, 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 as I said, we tried to get other people in the door. And the other thing that he, he said is people like Ian Watt and, and that that said that we, we didn't approach him. We did approach him. The, pro- the problem was that that these people wanted or, or never wanted crazy money, but they, they quoted crazy money that they, they were they were getting elsewhere and whatever. And that's where I decided at that point. Then it, was, it wasn't viable for the club to, to pursue that. So um, he should probably do his research before he starts making comments that I didn't approach people. Do things like that hurt when that comes out? Nah, listen, it, it doesn't hurt. I'm a big boy. It, it doesn't bother me. But you know, when it's inaccurate like that and, and, and it looks it looks unprofessional, then of course people will read it and, and possibly believe it. But see, I've said that I stand by my successes, no by comments of people who are. Or just want to make their own job easier. And what uh, what's the future hold for Jamie McKenzie now? I mean, are you obviously things haven't worked out at Lanark, but are you you're looking to get back in as quick as possible with the if the right club is looking f- for you? I mean, there's, there's vacancies out there already this week in the, in the West of Scotland League. Yeah, well, I've had three offers, no managerial jobs, but coaching jobs already, um, and still probably look over them and, and see what's best for me, but. Um, no, there's, there's no rush to get back involved, definitely no. So um, I think the most important thing now is that I find the right job because I think I left Cairn under a cloud when it wasn't great um, in terms of maybe tremendous success. But when you leave a job as as being quoted as being sacked, then it's no good. And then uh, I've left I've, I've left this job, and um, so your last two jobs, then you're up for question. But um, so the next one probably needs to be right. So we'll, we'll see what comes up and we'll, we'll not in any rush to, to make any decisions. And your experience there, Jamie, at Lanark, you've obviously, you know, you, you've only come out and said, and said the difficulties that faced you. Yep. We, we're facing it. Other clubs are facing it just, just now as well. Does going back into the management side of things necessarily the, the, the thing for you or it's maybe coaching or, or being an assistant and taking you out of that? Something that you, that you will consider in the future. I still consider it. I'm no, I'm not too too big for any job. Do you know what I mean? But I'm no, you know, I had a wee short spell at Canvas Lang before I took the lineup job, and coaching's great. I love being on the on the training pitch with the players, but I always see myself as a manager. I think that's where my success lies. At, obviously, at fourth and at Cairn, that you know we were we were fairly successful as a manager. So. As I say, I'm open to anything. As I said, I've had two, uh, three three offers, solid offers of jobs already, which are all coaching positions or assistant jobs um, at different clubs. And I'm still ongoing talking to them. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes and we'll, we'll see what's what's best. And if, it, if it's no perfect for just now, then we'll wait and see what, what comes up that's right for me. Good stuff, Jamie. Well, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, sorry it's not worked out for you at Lanark, but... Hopefully, uh, hopefully see you back in the game, game at the right, uh, right place soon. No problem. Thanks for having me, boys. Hello, my name's Willie Kinnebra, manager of Gap Cairn. You're listening to Down the Divisions.
Earlier this week, David Gormley left Rossvale to take charge at Lowland League side BSC. They face a trip to Edinburgh University this weekend, and we've got David on the show now. Thanks for coming on, David, and congratulations on the appointment. Um, just over the last few days, been pretty frantic. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yes, it's been a bit hectic, to be honest, to say the least. Uh, this time, probably last week, I got the, I received the initial phone call. We asked if I'd take the job, so... Yeah, it's been busy. Uh, first proper sessions Tuesday, Thursday this week. It's been it's been good to get in amongst the boys and try and try and get some players in. So it's been a, a busy week, let's just say the least. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of, I mean, obviously, as I say, the first the first league game is just a well. This is going out on Friday night, so you're just a few hours away from your game from your first game now. How much work have you had to do on the squad in in that little time you've been in there? I've had to do a great deal of work in terms of the squad and just try to find my feet as well. Uh, get in, meet the committee, meet the guys, meet the players. When I went in, I think there was only six signed players, two goalkeepers were in that. Uh, so it's just been constant from last Friday, just trying to get players in in terms of... Uh, it's not just any player, let's be honest. It's not just yeah. any player. There's a standard here at uh, Broomhall we've got. Uh, so it's all about getting the right player in. Uh, and we've managed to do it. We've been successful so far in terms of the, the recruitment. Uh, I think we've signed maybe about five or six boys. We've got three or four in, in, in trialers for this weekend. So we've got a full squad for the game t- tomorrow against Edinburgh uh, Uni. So I'm looking forward. Set, training's, been, training's been good. Uh, standards standards very good, to be honest. Yeah, it's been good. Have you brought anybody with you players-wise? I know you've got your, your assistant, Mick Dunlop, but have you brought any players, managed to bring any players across from Rossvale? I guess you've you'd actually got a lot of them under contract thinking you'd be in charge there for this season. Yeah, I did. Obviously, I brought every, probably every player in. Uh, and it was I was at the game last Saturday against Gatkill and it was, it was a bit emotional in terms of speaking to the players and leaving and that because we, we had a good group of players and it just goes to show we went to beat Gatkill 3-0 last week. I know they're in the league below us, but they, they spent a good bit of money. So it, it was emotional. The players were a wee bit emotional. I was a wee bit emotional just talking to them, but as I said to Broomhill when I were in last week and I on Tuesday night, it's time, no time to feel sorry for him. The previous managers away, I'm now in charge. So it's just one of the negative sleeves rolled up and got me. And that is kind of what I said to the, the Rossfield players as I was going. It's not about the manager, it's about the players, it's about you guys in the field. So I hope that I hope they can go and put a, a good performance in this weekend. Obviously, my coaching staff are still, uh, Bill Race is still taking the team this week. That was part of uh, the deal to to get me across to Broomhill that we would, we would be there and give uh, Rossville a hand. So Bill's taking the team this Saturday. So I hope the guys go and give a good, great performance, firstly for themselves uh, and then for Bill as well. But in terms of player recruitment, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to hide and I say this to Rossville. I will be coming in and I'll be looking to take some of the players. And it's just it's just, just things that happen. It happened to me when I was at Rossville. Previous manager came in and took five. I'm just being totally upfront and honest. And there's players there I will take, there is. And obviously, I spoke to other managers in the league. There's going to be players in that league uh, that will be looking to take as well, maybe for next season. So, so I've just been honest, and I'm and I'm, I'm trying to be as honest as I can with Rossville, with other managers. Uh, I know we're obviously the league above, so it's about giving these guys a, another platform to go and see. Uh, and I hope a lot of managers don't stand in uh, the players' developments way. Give us a flavour of some of the boys you've you've brought in so far. 
So obviously I've got Mick. Mick's going to need to play for me. <laughs> he doesn't want to play. Uh, but he's just going to need to play for us for, for maybe a couple of weeks till we get players in. Uh, I brought Lewis Crawford in previously at Dumbarton. Came in loan to mate Rossville uh, when I was there the first season. Done a great job for me. So he's coming in. I can trust him. I know, I know what I'm getting from Lewis. I can trust him. Uh, I brought a boy, Scott Kuzak, in, who's previously with Celtic. Uh, and uh, Dunfermline. Uh, very good, very, very good talent. Uh, young boy, but uh, he's got exceptional talent. Uh, I brought striker Sean Slaven in, who was previously at Hamilton, and I think he was at Brecon last year. Uh, good, big, strong boy, so I'm looking forward to working with him. Uh, Barry Ferguson and Bob have managed to give us two loanies for Alawa, uh, so I'm getting a left back and a striker. So appreciate, obviously, Barry's help with that. So he's strengthened with there. And, and these boys are. You're a bit sceptical at first because you've not seen these players. You need to go on recommendation. But when you speak to Barry and you speak to you speak to the, the players and about a couple of boys at Alawa, I know and they're like, David, these guys have played in the Championship last season against guys like Gary McKay, Stephen, and that Dom Thomas. I said so. No disrespect to your level, says these guys should be good. These so you've got to go on recommendation, and I think these guys will be will be good for us to come down and uh, help us along. So yeah. And don't get me wrong, the five or six players that were there already from from the previous manager signing, they're good players as well. They're very good players. They've uh, they've surprised me to be honest. So uh, we've got a good we've got a good strong 14-15 tomorrow with another three four probably get added in over the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll be we'll be a good outfit for next year. I guess at times like this, it's when you you really kind of get your contacts work out and you have to call on everybody possible, especially you know with such a short time frame to do it in as well. Yeah, as I said, obviously Barry, I know well from McLeod days, so I still keep in contact with him. Uh, Danny Lennon as well from McLeod. I've just, I messaged Danny started the week and I've just done my call from before I come on the show, so I'll be calling Danny back. Uh, and the contacts at Broomhill I've got, the, obviously George Fraser's got contacts in the game, so he's he was contacting guys at St. Johnson and things like that. And James Fowler as well, Commander's been contacting me. So these guys are contacting me. At, the only thing for me is I can only have four loan players, which is frustrating. Uh, but we'll just need to make sure it's the right four again. Uh, don't give me obviously George uh, Cairns at Hamilton as well. Everybody's been contacting me. So just touching base with all these guys to see if there's anybody that could help us out in the key positions that we require. Uh, but I, like I said as well, when I when I first went into Broomhill, I'm not bringing players in to take your position. I'm bringing players in to help you. You need help. The players needed help. You could see Last week they were down, they were affected, and and they need they needed a lift. The lift was yes, I came in, changed things in training, but they also need a lift with players coming in. They need to see the the squad getting stronger uh, and playing with decent training with decent players each week. So I think they got a lift with that. With a few boys that have come in, so next few weeks is going to be it's going to be good for us in terms of start to see smiling boys' faces and hopefully we can start tomorrow with three points. Yeah, and you mentioned tomorrow Edinburgh University tomorrow. Um... Stirling University next Wednesday, I think. Uh, there's one thing getting the players in the park and the players into the squad you, you you want, but you know coming up against teams that maybe you'll know less about as well. I mean, have you had chance to do that? How are you coping with that? And how tough a proposition at Edinburgh University on the first first day of the season? Uh, the whole cliche: any game's going to be tough in this league, and it will for me doubly because I don't know anything about it, and that's me just being brutally honest, and I don't. You know your Risco Brides, you know your Bonnie Rig, you probably maybe know what you're going to get off a of Rangers Celtic B. But Edinburgh Uni, I'm being totally honest, I didn't know, I don't even know where they play. Uh, I had to do all my research with that. Uh, 
I spoke to uh, Chris Aitken at East Kilbride uh, and just asked him for a wee, he obviously was saying congratulations to the job and I just was asking him for a wee rundown on uh, Edinburgh Uni and Stirling Uni. So Barry Ferguson as well, I was on the phone to him at length as well, talking to him about the teams in this league. So like the, like you're saying, when you go and get touch your contacts with signings, you also need to get different sort of contacts with who who do you who's val who do you trust in terms of to give you good game analysis. So spoke to a few people, watched a couple of games that Edinburgh Edinburgh played last year, watched a friendly against uh, Musselburgh at the week last weekend. So I've done my homework. So so I'll try to put that in practice now in terms of we stayed on the training field last night for two hours working on working on certain things. So you could see the guys were were, were right up for it and the level of detail that myself and. Mick and Nicky Devlin were putting in was, was incredible to try and get off to a good start. So you've got Nicky, Nicky Devlin's with you as well? Yeah, so Nicky Devlin's came with me as well, which is the experience Nicky will give is incredible. Uh, I'm delighted because last year when it, when it was me and Sean that was there at Rossville, I was dealing with the defensive side and I'm more of a attacking man, so I was, there was gaps everywhere. Uh, now I've got Mick and Nicky, they, they've, they've just bolstered that up and I'm glad I can just take, leave them to it and I'll work on the, the, the forwards. Uh, and like I've said to Lewis Crawford and Ryan and a couple of the other young boys, lean on Nicky, lean on him. He's the guy's playing the Premier League every every week. He's just went and won Player of the Year for Livingston fans, Player of the Year. Go and lean on these kind of people. Macdon Lopes played senior for 30 years or something, probably, no doubt. And go and lean on these people, ask questions. Uh, and to be honest, a couple of the centre, a couple of young centre halves have. They went and said to Mick, and just talking like, "What do you want me to do here?" Blah blah. Like, you've asked me to do that, but then what about this? So it's good to have that conversation, which I think is key. Uh, and having these two guys in is incredible. And the old firm, old firm Colts sides being in the Lowland League, we've we've talked about the merits of them being in the league uh, for the one season only this season. It's a different test again, I suppose. Whether whether you believe it's the right uh, it's the right thing or not, you you've got to face them, and it'll present a, a new and different challenge for for you as a manager, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. When I was with Oswald, when I was my previous club, the whole Rangers and Celtic beat didn't even bother me to be honest. I know there was a lot of people kicking and screaming, but probably because we would never at Rossville would have been hard for us to get in that league. But as far as you just need to go on, mate. And, and now I'm in that league. For me, it's a, dang, a carrot I can dangle to some people to let's go and test yourself against the elite of the youth development and the B side. So there's going to be some first team players that probably come down and help the B team. So it's a good, it's a good uh, for me, it's a good carrot to dangle for some people. Uh, I think you know what you're going to get with these sort of teams. You're just going to get teams that will try and pass, pass, the, the, pass you off the park. But it's, it's up to us. And for me, it's an exciting challenge because I need to come up with another game plan to go and stop that, nullify that, where if I was to go away to Bonnie Rig Rose, you're going to have another game plan, and it, I know everybody's the same, but I think for me, it's a massive learning curve in terms of going away to these bigger teams, so something I'm really looking forward to, uh, and just, I uh, it's going to be good just to play against day two, obviously your East Brides, Bonnie Rig, I think Spartans will be good this year, East Stirling are obviously, you can never forget them, uh, and then the Stirling Uni, the Uni teams, like you say, are fit teams, so one thing I have been told is that every team in this league is very fit, so you need to make sure you match them fitness-wise first and foremost, and then and then try and take care from there. And and everybody's seen over the summer there's been this split between the the BSC senior team and the Broomhill Sports Club, uh, sort of the the, the youth uh, club that was there previously. I know you can't compare how things were prior to the split, but 
what kind of state for people who are looking in on the outside thinking, oh, you know, what kind of state of BSC and, you know, how, how have you found the club in that sense? Uh, and, and did that, was that ever in your thinking before making the decision to go there that you wanted reassurance that there was stability there? Yeah, absolutely spot on. And I, and I did ask the question and when I went in to speak to the guy, well, when I was on the phone speaking to him, they were telling me they were just, it's still the same club, just different name. And fundamentally, that is that is what's happened. Uh, for me, I, I just asked the, the, the key questions in terms of stability and what, what have we got? And have we still got some sort of funding that we had as BSC? Because for me, as I remember BSC has been in the top three of that league every week. I know Swifty done a tremendous job with them getting them on the cup run, but that's what I remember. Everybody remembers that. And you remember, for me, that last year, all the looking like players, that's Christie, all these players going and strengthening them. So for me, BSC's always been up there. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that was still going to be possible this year. Uh, I get the recruitment isn't the same as what it's been the last couple of years, but that's up to me now to go and they've, they've, they're going to back me. To get, to get to get us up to that level where Swifty took them again so I, I'm excited for that because I'm getting the backing uh, in relation to the whole BSC and Broomhall I'm not 100% sure of what's happened because uh, it was all done before me and to be honest I'm not really I, I don't really bother I just I'm now the manager in Broomhall that's what have I got the funding have I got the backing have I got the stability yes they'll take the box for me uh, but it's funny obviously I got the job and my phone was going, obviously my phone's been going like belly ocean last week, but people are like, why are you taking the step down? Why are you, why are you going down there? Like, what are you talking about? They're that BSC, they're, they're in like, who are Broomhill and BSC, they're starting for the bottom and I'm like, see, you know, I can't explain, it's the old BSC, they've just changed their name, we're in the low, so he's in the low only, I don't think he's what? So, I deal with players and try to deal with try to deal with my coaching staff and I'm trying to deal with my pals phoning me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What so oh, it's just my head's just been spinning but uh, no I, I, for me it was the same I was looking at it I think Broomhill what is it why why they change the name or whatever but it is what it is we, we're a lone league team with the same backing same committee same same fundings and same uh, grounding that we had so still playing out Aloha so so everything's fine uh, everything's the same just need to make sure we get the same level of players on the park that we did to we did previously and I think this season I think we are we're going to be a good strong squad You took over after Martin Hardy left quite abruptly after quite a short spell in charge we spoke to you on the show probably over a year ago now uh, and you were telling us about your ambitions as a manager I mean just to finish off I mean how 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 excited are you in general by this opportunity to test yourself at a higher level and and again, I mean, you're, presumably your ambitions are still burning as, as brightly as they were over a year ago. So this is you now. You, you, you really want to test yourself and make a proper proper job of this? Absolutely. I'll probably burn even more. Rossville, probably when I spoke to you last year, I was kind of just humming and hawing. And I was ambitious, but then I, I don't know. It was just maybe the pandemic as well, but things were just maybe getting top of me. And I wasn't I was really feeling the love for it, but then I started to get back in and started to really enjoy it again. And then this is just this is going to this club and getting us to move to a only team and against some of the teams in it. It's just gave me a right spark and a right burning desire inside me. It's just I'm I'm honestly I'm really excited and my wife will not be happy, but she she's she's always she's I'm on the phone constantly. I'm football, football, football. And when before I was like that when I was a player, 
but I wasn't as much as that, I would say. And that's not being disrespectful, but I wasn't as much as that. Maybe Rossville, I don't know why, but this it's just maybe the, the whole who we're going to be playing against, the, the, the actual the actual achievement at the end of it, potentially. Obviously, you see what Kelty have done, so I'm looking at that thing. That's me. I'm that. I'm Barry Ferguson as my manager. I take a lot, a lot of things I do from him. A lot. Some I leave at the side, but I take a lot, a lot with me. Uh, and I, I, obviously he gets with a lot of places because he's who he is but first and foremost he took care of me right from the, the bottom up so I'm looking things like that I can do that let's do that with this squad I've got the, a tremendous coaching staff with Bill Davy Adams Nicky Mick and myself and then you've got, obviously you've got everything you've got the physio you've got a kit man I, can't, I can't even believe it when I said I've got a kit man I was just like amazing like I don't need to put the kit out now so just me things like that I'm just really uh, it's just I'm really excited uh, I, I, I'm i just I can't wait to get go I texted Mick last night my assistant manager at half one in the morning saying I can't wait for Saturday and he's like what are you doing still up I'm like I just I just I'm sitting there putting teams last night and I'm like right if he doesn't play then because one of the boys might have isolation if he's isolation then we can put him in and still doing this at half one I'm like what I need to stop this I don't want to burn myself too early, so no, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, one thing that makes it better as well, you, the, the players, the, the players give you give you a lot back. The standard of training has been absolutely sensational. And Dave we had one of my coaches, was at Rossi on Tuesday, finishing up. He came last night, and he's like, "Wow!" He's like, "Because I was telling him obviously, and he's like, 'You've under, you've underestimated, you've under thing with these guys in terms of the standard here.' So, uh, I, I'm really excited." As I said about the guys, obviously, when I took over, there was two boys that, that decided they didn't want to come with the new coaching staff, which is myself. Previous, maybe had relationships with the previous manager or whatever. So, listen, that's it's a way. It just shows you the bands I've got there now. Willing to roll their sleeves up and let's go on with it. Uh, and these boys know what, what, where BSC, Broomhall should be. So, uh, aye, I'm, I'm buzzing. I can't wait for three o'clock tomorrow. Brilliant, Wes. Uh, thanks for thanks for fitting us in during what sounds a bit of a crazy week. Uh, yeah. And uh, hope uh, hope you have a good season, and we'll we'll maybe get you back on at some stage during the season when things have calmed down a bit to to see how things have progressed. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Gareth. Keep up with good luck. I've got a lot of traveling this year, so keep up. And I can listen to you guys. <laughs> thanks again, Davey. Take care. Hi, it's Murdo McKinnon, Port Manager here, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Now here's Roach's Roundup with Colburny Laidside Assistant Boss, Des Roach. In the west of Scotland, Cunlock have been busy on the signing front ahead of the new season. Arriving at Townhead Park to provide ammunition are ex-senior strikers Smart Osmador, Hashim Bakar and ex-Queen's Park frontman Adam Martin. They've been joined by Owen Bell from the Beatty Star and one-time Kilmarnock youth, Aidan Berry. At Pollock, Muddy McKinnon made a sixth addition to his squad by the signing of 19-year-old Matty Grant. Grant was recently at Bells Hill playing as a winger in the Breathing Space Cup. Glasgow Persia, well they've shown how communities can come together through football during these tough times by giving free season tickets to local community members as well as allowing the use of Keppel Park during the summer. For local youth sports services. In the East, after only arriving in early June at Musselburgh Athletic, well they have parted company with boss Kevin Millen. The Musselburgh native and ex-Pennycook boss leaves all the bank in what has been reported by the club as 
an amicable agreement. Another early managerial casualty was Jeff Jones at Dunbar United. He received the shock news only 10 days before the season started through a phone call while on holiday, bringing to end a 22-year association with the club, replacing him as Kevin Haynes on a two-year deal. Up in the Highland League, for Martin have wasted no time at all in snapping up talented Aberdeen midfielder Tyler Makita on a season-long loan. The 18-year-old spent time previously at Turf United, but Paul Lawson jumped very quickly when hearing the youngster would be available. Well, football's back, good luck for the season, and back to Gareth and Paul. My name's Chris Strain, and I'm the Cowan and Rangers manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Uh, before we finish up, we'll uh, we'll clear up the down the divisions decider. Uh, just a reminder of the clues this week. I'm looking for the side that joined the Highland League in 1985. Later that season, they recorded the highest ever attendance of 1,500 fans in a goalless draw against Stirling in the Scottish Cup. Former Bolton star and Scotland international John McGinley came through their youth ranks, and in July 2019, a win over Nairn County was their first competitive victory in 707 days and ended a 69-game run without a win. We'll go to you, Keith, first of all. Any ideas? I, I can't even think. I'm, I'm going to come up with someone like Callie Thistle or something like that, but I doubt it. Callie Thistle. Paul? Well, I actually thought for some reason John McGinley was for Oban, so I was on the wrong side of the country. But <laughs> uh, I'll go, is it for Martin? Is that that, that their name, for Martin? I thought one of you would have got this. There was a documentary on about them. I must have. <laughs> about how they were the worst, at, at the time, they were the worst team in, oh, the, in the UK. Oh, uh, Fort William. Yes. That was right. <laughs> I, I, I thought that last clue would have just, I thought that would have that would tip the balance. Of course. Fort <laughs> that was right. Oh, dear. Disappointed in you, Paul. Paul, you're normally quite good at pulling rabbits out of hats. Oh, but you threw it with John McGinley. For some reason, I genuinely thought he was from someone like Oban. So I was on the I was on the wrong side of the country. Superb, well, Keith. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us this week, and uh, we obviously wish you all the best in uh, in your West of Scotland uh, debut on on Saturday against Glenvale, and, and for the rest of the season. And we'll uh, we'll look out for your results and performances with with interest, and see how the the Gibson brothers. If they make the 90 minutes, well, first of all, if they finish the 90 minutes on a Saturday, by the sounds, it could be an achievement. Well, exactly. It sounds, sounds like I'm putting out a pop group, doesn't it? <laughs> or if selected, Gareth. Or if selected. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to, or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. <laughs>